0: Thank <laughs> you. P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt.
1: It's Huff. <laughs> Matt, Huff.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. And it makes sense why you like this movie, this series so much, this franchise. Okay,
1: I would like to address this <laughs> up top. I would like to get this out of the way. We were trying to figure <laughs> out what to do for the episode this week. And I was like, okay, we're obviously doing James Bond. It's one of the biggest. No, longest no, no. What franchise- happened?
0: What happened was I was just like, oh, Squid Game is really big. If we want to do that instead of the dumb Bond movie, I think that's a direct quote. <laughs> and I was like, I was like.
1: There's lots of weeks where there's sort of, like, not a good option or things are, like, "Eh," and so you can kind of, like, pick and choose between them. I was like, James Bond is a, like, a (laughs) Marvel-level thing. We've been waiting for this movie for several years. It's been pushed back. It's the fifth and final installment of this giant. I was like, we can't not do an episode about this. And then you took that... To to mean that I am like this diehard James Bond fan Who you know is just in love with this franchise Which I am
0: not I was just saying like
1: I just want you to have a franchise this. Matt
0: I just want that for you You know well, like I have I, so many at this point I was I just, thinking like, about
1: one. You love a franchise I was honestly yeah. I was thinking about this last night Because I saw that there's a, Well they released the poster for the new Scream movie Oh right And I was like Is Scream my favorite <laughs> franchise that they're currently coming out with movies with because i was like what are even the other options like what move <sighs> like what movie franchises am i exci- am i excited about yeah can you think of any
0: that you're excited about yeah. no i don't think you're a franchise man i i'm not <laughs> i love i love i mean I'm excited just... for Halloween
1: kills i love mm. a horror franchise but yeah, yeah. aside from that i was like the the f9 movies aren't don't do it for me the <sighs> I'm That's not nice. really a Marvel person. Yeah, I mean, Mission um, Impossible, you have Mission terrible Impossible, opinions. Mission Impossible,
0: no. Um, um, I guess you like Harry Potter. <laughs> I guess. But then the question is, this is what I run into, to, run into is because it's like, oh, I love Jurassic Park franchise, but then I'm like, oh, wait, then I'd have to accept the newer Jurassic Park. So with Harry Potter, it's like, do you have to accept fantastic beast like with lord of the rings do you have to accept the hobbit like how well how deep do these I franchises mean, go I you think know
1: there are friends franchi- like i mean i love the oceans franchise but i was thinking of like currently mm. running franchises, right not okay okay done well i should say
0: i mean maybe they are still running no Who's i think say? That
1: they i think they said no on that <laughs> um but so yeah it's like harry potter is is finished the mm. franchise would be Fantastic Beasts, which we which was bad. Right. I mean, okay. I'm very excited for House of Gucci. Would you think that do we think that would be a franchise? <laughs> that now I'm trying to
0: think of point. an active franchise. My favorite active franchise. I mean I, okay. I'm looking I guess at I'd lists. say I like I guess I'd say Mission Impossible. Oh, well maybe fast. Nah, I don't know. I like hard to say. I liked
1: the first Kingsman and but I hated the second one. There's a third mm. one of those coming out.
0: Yeah. Well, here's the question. My my siblings had this debate earlier. I love the purge. Oh yeah. <laughs> there you go. But did you see the last one? No, I didn't so. yet. Okay. Um, do, does Marvel as an entire entity count as a franchise or can you deconstruct it to be like, "Oh, Captain America is my favorite franchise."
1: John Wick. Now that I'm looking, I'm looking at a list of these. John Wick is also a good franchise that that I like. Is that um, still running? I thought that was a three-parter. Oh, event. and oh, Shelby. No, did you watch
0: the last one? I don't he, remember. No, I he did. Fa- he but... falls
1: off the roof onto a onto um, a dumpster, and then he's on the run again.
0: Okay, I just didn't know if they announced a, f- a oh, fourth one. Yes, is there is. I mean. There's a fourth oh, okay. one that's coming out.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I think that the MCU is a franchise uh, uh, in and of itself. Okay, I mean, okay. I guess you could sort of try to break it down into sub-franchises, but I think the fact that the stories all overlap so much makes it one thing. Because yeah. it's like, you could say, oh, I'm a Captain America fan, but it's like, okay, well then, like, does that include the Avengers? Does that mm-hmm. include when Captain America shows up in other movies? Um, Right, like, fair point. Or are you just including captain america and even the one captain america movie is basically an avengers movie so i don't know i feel like you have to put all of those together
0: yeah i mean i have educated you quite a bit on franchises um you've complained about franchise fatigue but here we are um, to talk about the long-awaited james bond um which i understand it it was really just it was just me taking my shot you know it was just a wow does squid game overwhelm the popularity of james bond like that was the question right i just had to ask i had just had to throw it out there you reminded me it didn't it? and you know what this movie's done well it has like 87 on rotten tomatoes i'm not sure how the box office has been um but i think I it's, think been it's pretty moderate. Good. yeah so yeah uh,
1: i think for covid there it's been pretty good i saw it and it was packed on so oh, really? night um yeah, I went, like, Sunday afternoon and saw it in IMAX, and it was, like, not, I think, exactly sold out, but, like, really close.
0: Yeah. I think worldwide it's doing great. Um, the U.S. had an opening of 56 million, which doesn't trump the um, – what was the last one? I mean, Shang-Chi was huge, but then I feel like there's one that F- – Was it F9? No, no, no. There was one that came out after Shang-Chi that was, like – It was a dumb movie. What was it? Everyone went and saw it and I can't remember it. No, it was, um,
1: that came out since Shang-Chi.
0: Yeah. I think it was while you were gone. I can't remember. Oh, Venom. Venom did really well. Oh, gross. (laughs) Yeah. Talk about a franchise. Um, that one did really well, but this one is, you know, doing moderately well. I think it was projected to gross. Um, about 65 to 80 million in its opening weekend. So performing a little under expectations. But as you said, I think is the word of mouth is building, renewing interest in it because the problem with this film, of course, is that it was one of the stragglers from COVID.
1: Well, and I think another problem was the runtime. <laughs> yeah, I, I, saw, I saw multiple reviews that were sort of like people didn't really want to go see it as much because yes. it was almost three hours long. And then that also, obviously, me. when you have a movie that it like just logistically that's that long, you can show it less times in a day in theater. Mm, so yeah. it's like it's it's hard to make as much money sometimes with something that's that yeah. lengthy. Um. Yeah, this is the twenty fifth James Bond movie. <laughs> it is the fifth of um of the Daniel it's Craig the fifth? franchise. Yeah, I
0: swear there were only three. Like, I honestly, I'm I'm well, tr- struggling to think of them. So
1: there's Casino Royale, yes. which obviously did very well. Then yes. Quantum of Solace, which was the second, like, much maligned. Everyone hated it. Um, and what's the like? Who that,
0: was in it? What's the villain? That is, that's
1: the one that has Gemma Arterton in it And she ends up like in an like in an oil thing um, okay, I'm not okay. actually sure who the okay. villain is uh, the, the main girl is someone who's not famous Then okay. the third one was Skyfall um, Which I think that has the big Adele song in it That's the yes. one where they end up going back to like James Bond's childhood home And it's Albert Finney um, Then we had Spectre which is the one with the prequel to this. They're kind of like tied together. That's Benedict Cumberbatch is the bad guy. And, what? Or not, not Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, Christoph Waltz is the bad oh. guy. I and was like, this, I did not hear and, about this. <laughs> and Leah Seydoux, the girl from this one, is also the girl in that one.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess I should have prepared better. I really, I went into this movie... I even with that opening scene I just thought it was like oh he has a girlfriend (laughs) I did not know there was a movie before this that directly tied into it I can't remember when
1: Spectre came out exactly but I remember it being because I didn't see it in theaters and I remember it being something in my mind where it was like oh it sort of came out at a weird time where people were distracted by something else. And I I don't feel like it did as well as Skyfall and the previous Bond movies. It sort of felt like a little bit of an afterthought. Um, But the thing with James Bond is usually the movies all are sort of standalone with their own villains, their own Bond girls, their own, you know, plot lines. So for the most part, you don't have to have seen them. Before the thing with the Daniel Craig movies is that there's a little bit more carryover, which I think is something that audiences have liked, um, having yeah. giving him a little bit more backstory and and making him a little bit more personable. So I think they decided to do that even more so with this one, where the villain carries over the. Uh, kind of like there's more Weird there's way. more character carryover in this one than in previous versions um I, I remember don't know if that worked but yeah
0: so there was go. Rami Malek in the scepter or was no. he in okay because I remembered him but I was like I know I didn't see
1: well Rami Malek you definitely did not remember because this is the first one he's been in but for whatever reason and this? I Dang for whatever it. reason there all of the characters in these James Bond- in the Daniel Craig ones have had weird like facial deformities. Yes. Okay. Because Benicio del Toro is in Skyfall oh. and also has a weird okay. face thing. Okay, then, that's the one. <laughs> and then the guy in Casino Royale has like the bleeding eye. And then
0: okay, okay, okay. obviously
1: Christoph Waltz has a weird eye thing. There's.
0: Uh, okay
1: Rami Malek has some kind of facial scarring of some variety it's yeah it's all checking out I don't know who was like we need to give these bad guys like um (laughs) disabilities but it was a choice
0: because hurt people hurt people okay exactly um I, yeah, when I walked into the theater, I was like, wow, maybe I need to know like some background, and I quickly Googled, what do you need to know before watching No Time to Die? And I read an article about all the players, and so I think that's why I assumed a lot of these people were from previous films. But I think they also just introduced us to like, Rami Malek's character. Um, I think Rami and- Malek's
1: character and the new 007 Anna- girl... We're the only, and Ana Darmus, we're the only new people in this movie. I think everyone else was in something else.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, So do you want to like, do we need to, how do you want (laughs) to, how do you want to handle this? Because like you said, there's a lot of backstory, but it also felt from my perspective that this movie managed to figure out a way to stand on its own. I mean- I, obviously, there are some tie-ins where I was confused and I was like, I think this is a past character that is referencing something. But overall, like, do you feel like Craig's, Daniel Craig's Bond, do you want to do a deep dive on all of that or just talk about this movie?
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't think we really need to get into all of the previous okay. movies that much because it's they're pretty separate. I mean, Daniel Craig, I think, was sort of an interesting choice for James Bond when they brought him on because he's much more like physical than, you know, someone like Pierce Brosnan or Sean Connery, who are more suave and sort of like, I'm going to shoot my gun. But Daniel Craig is much more like hand to fisty, like wrestling, muscly kind of. Um, Casino Royale has that amazing parkour scene that everyone yes. loves that Daniel Craig is in. Um,
0: you want to know the truth? Um, that was the first James Bond movie I ever saw in my entire life. And I I've mean, never I, gone back to see other ones. I don't think that's that crazy.
1: I mean, I haven't seen lots of the old ones. I've, okay. I mean, I've seen some of the Pierce Brosnan ones, like maybe a couple of James Connery but, or Sean Connery. But otherwise, yeah. I'm.
0: And the thing I remember about that one is the, the, Pulping of his balls. I just, yes. that, yes. that stayed with me. I don't remember how old I was when that movie came out, but I think I was too young to witness okay. that.
1: Well, the thing that I'll say about Casino Royale and I think Skyfall is that The those two movies like took the James Bond formula and did something that was like a little bit different or Mm. sort of like moved in a different direction, which I think is why people liked them so much. Spectre and quantum of solace and now no time to die. I feel like are very like, there's not really anything that interesting or new in it. Like Mm -mm. if you had to pick like what's the most unique thing that happens in no time to die Mm
0: -hmm. it's
1: really just that the girl is the same from the second from the previous one so there's like a little bit more chemistry there there's a little bit more like romance than there normally is but otherwise the the movie's not really doing that much that's that exciting i didn't feel like so
0: overall how did you how did you like this movie would you grade it give it a star rating
1: i mean i thought it was fine Um, Like I would give it maybe like a C plus, B minus, sort of. I thought that, we've talked a lot about action sequences in movies and Mission Impossible and Fast and the Furious. And it's like, I've seen a million action sequences. So you got to give me something that's interesting. You got to give me an interesting character, an interesting location, an interesting something. And I felt like really this movie was not giving me anything that I hadn't seen before. I thought that the best sequence by far was the Ana de Armas sequence in Cuba, which is interesting because that sequence mm-hmm. also really had like nothing to do with the rest yes. of the movie <laughs> at all. Um uh, So I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't that blown away by it. And the runtimes on these things kill me. Yeah. If you're going to be over two hours, you really need to like earn that extra time. Like why Am I like why does this movie Require that I be in this theater for three Hours and Mm -hmm. it was a packed theater I had people crawling over me Multiple times use the bathroom because (laughs) the movie Was so long it's just like And you get to the end and it's like I feel like there was lots of stuff that could Have easily been cut from this To make this two hours and 15 minutes long you know like it did Not need to be the length that it was So I think that also Makes me lose Some points Um where something like Endgame, which was also long, it's like, okay, you can see why it's long because it's doing a lot of different things and you need that time. Where this, it felt like everything was just drawn out too much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I went in with very low expectations and I was really worried about the runtime and I just knew it would be like boring to me. So I was... My expectations were not met in that they were a little above it like i was entertained more than i thought i would be um and i think i owe i give a lot of that credit to um the directing and cinematography because i thought like it was really like elegantly beautiful like film to watch at certain points there's a lot Mm -hmm. of cool lighting and like interesting (laughs) i don't even know like shots of a shadow in a room and i was just like oh that's pretty like it's nice to look at um so i was like i was interested in the style of it cuz again i haven't revisited these films and i've only seen two of the J- daniel craig movies i guess turns out um and so i guess i was remembering more machoism and a lot of like like I said that that brutality of the um the beating scene in Casino Royale and and obviously this has some some action in it but there's also like a lot of just like not and so in some ways that worked and then in other ways I'm like why is this movie so long and who are all these players like I felt like there were 17 villains and they were all like unaware of each other and then and then murdering each other. And I was like, "Wait, why?" And so by the end of it, when it when it became clear that the the main the main villain is Rami Malik, I was sort of like, "Who are you?" And like, why don't I care about you three hours into this movie? You know, like I still feel nothing for you. I'm getting nothing from you. I didn't feel like there was anything interesting happening with his character. And yet the entire movie ended up, like, depending on his, his his villain edit, and I was just like, uh, I I don't care.
1: Yeah, it was sort of like a weird side tangent almost, and yeah, then, and then it became the main thing at the end, and you're like, wait, I, yeah, I it was it, it did was not- very convoluted because. Mm-hmm.
0: So this is my understanding as someone who didn't see the picture. <laughs> so the main girl, the love interest, she is somehow related to. Spectre and that's why they spoiler alert they like break up in the first section of the movie like before the title card there's this whole like oh they're living happily ever after JK she he thinks she betrayed him and he dumps her and it's five years later so there's something there that connects her to Spectre right?
1: Yes I think it's also her family Okay, well, okay. Her, her dad is like a oh, member okay. of Spectre okay. because that's why the dad her dad kills rami malik's family as a part of specter and then rami malik shows back up to her house to try to kill him and revenge and that's why rami malik also decided that he was going to kill all the members of specter in the cuba party but the thing that was confusing to me was like okay well James Bond also doesn't like Spectre, so yes. <laughs> so it's like okay, well it seems like then we should be on the same page, but then Rami Malek has this these nanobots that are can kill people based on like a genetic code, and it was never fully like addressed in a realistic way who he was trying to get rid of with oh, these oh yeah it was things, so confusing with these nanobots because they so they were sort of hinting at it at various points that it was some kind of like genocide like oh they were he was going to you know get rid of like all the black people or all of some kind of yeah, like certain eradicate. like a racial yeah. group but that was never stated explicitly and aside from the fact that like okay he has this um you know, very dangerous weapon. Mm-hmm. We didn't really know who he was going to use it against or why he was going to yeah. use it. And I thought that the fact that that it was, like, the, the guy who would attack the girlfriend, like, it was all, like, a little too convenient to me, the, mm-hmm. the plotting as well. Uh, yeah, it just wasn't, it, it did not feel as well thought out as i think that they wanted it to be and it reeks to me of that thing where someone comes up with an idea and then there's like too many people who go back and fix it and Mm -hmm. try to put things together and then at the end it's just a little too convoluted um literally and i can and i also know that there was a polish by phoebe waller bridge and that they were trying to make this more of i think a feminist and a more inclusive movie than usually james bond movies are (laughs) and so i think that that also sort of contributes to the runtime because i bet there was one version of this movie and then they went back and were like okay we need to add more scenes with money penny and with the new 007 and with the girlfriend that are make them more characters and then they decided not to go back and trim other things that they maybe should have and I don't know. Yeah, the plot, it was just.
0: Yeah, I mean, convoluted. it was definitely like, oh, James Bond gets a girlfriend. Let's see how he is committed. And it's like, it, it's very much less. Like, I I definitely noticed the lack of the male gaze in this one, which I appreciated. Um, even when Anna de Armas shows up in her gorgeous dress, there's not like a slow pan up her bare back or something mm-hmm. like you got with the first one with Vesper or whatever her name was. Or, who was it who was like the hot first maybe she's not famous yeah yeah um that stuck with me too yeah (laughs) but i think then you also had this like whole shtick where you know james bond had retired so his number was given to another um agent played by lashana lynch who is now 007 which i think was meant to be sort of a it felt like a bone that was thrown at people who were like, when are you going to cast a black James Bond? When are you going to cast a woman James Bond? And it's like, well, here, look, uh, (laughs) we did it. And it's like, well, you didn't give her anything to work with because her character was like nothing. She was giving me absolutely nothing. She was just there to give like snarky comments about like, oh, he's here now, huh? Is Is it still my number, huh? And it's just like, I wish there was something there because there were so many characters in this movie and they were so desperate to have an emotional punch in this film because it's the last one. But absolutely no one got that except of course, James Bond and his final moment. And I think that was what the movie was built around was like, how can we how can we end this so that Daniel Craig never has to show up for one of these again? And they found the perfect way and I really did actually like the ending. but I think to your point, the plot didn't work. The new characters were really confusing. the motivations were lost in translation somewhere and it just was like, hmm, because
1: there's also this whole part at the beginning where it's like, oh, he James Bond's working for the CIA and it's like, yes. okay, there's the USA What's and then MI6 is <laughs> doing something. And then, oh, there's the handler, but he's being betrayed. And who, like, who, the Billy Magnuson character could have, like, we did not need him at what all. What was that? I don't
0: understand. I don't
1: understand it at all. And honestly, that whole plot in Norway, I think, could have been... Yes. So no, I don't think that scene was needed at all.
0: I don't even know what like I really was sitting there like okay, so so he betrayed him because of this and their plan is to do this and it's like who's working for who? Like I didn't understand this like smarmy white dude coming in and being like I didn't know what the motivation they, was. They
1: should have gotten rid of the whole scene, the whole like sequence with the prison and the guy from the previous. Yes. That was not needed and then the Norway stuff wasn't needed. You could have gone straight from the um Cuba sequence into the into stuff with the guy with the mask in Japan and it would have been yeah. much shorter and much more understandable. Yeah. Um,
0: Cuz I, I mean, guess I guess talking about the 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 plot right like this interesting idea of MI6 has created this um this disease that you can target to a very specific person so the idea is basically like you would get Osama bin Laden's DNA and then it would be a you know easy way you just drop it (laughs) I don't know you get him you get these nanobots on him he's dead instant boom no harm done to anyone else a clean kill. Easy plan, stupidest idea ever, but sure, go for it. The problem is that you have, like you said, these villains who decide to take it and, you know, create mass chaos. I'm all I'm all for understanding why someone wants to get their hands on this technology. But what I do not understand is Rami Malik's speech, where he talks about his big plan to save the world. And I'm like, Well, how? Are you like Like, what? Like, give me a list of the people you're killing. Because it turns out the twist is that not only can you target a specific person, you can target anyone who shares their genetic code. So, families can be wiped out. And anyone who's, like, shared (laughs) ancestor can be wiped out. But I was never told why. Like, what was he going for? And I just really want to know. Like, I'm very curious what his... Because usually... You know, like Thanos gives his speech. I'm like, yeah. huh, oh, interesting oh, yeah, I, no idea.
1: Well, that's why I was like, this would have made a lot more sense if there was some kind of racial component to it. Like, it yeah, have been like, and I hate Asians, so, <laughs> so like, that's who I'm gonna. Because then at least we would have. I mean, one, he would have been a more compelling bad guy, but also yeah. like, there would have been some kind of motivation.
0: And it like, how did confusing. the farm work? Like, I was really confused no because idea. at no the beginning idea. of the movie, they what had was to that steal. Water they were in. Yeah, they had yes. to they had to attack the MI6 like office and kidnap well rescue I don't know take this russian scientist who had developed it and then suddenly they had this whole but then farm set up the setup. russian guy
1: was like a double agent for the I, uh, it, it was kind of <laughs> let's talk about the end of the movie so like okay. Ex- a okay, spoiler alert okay. um because at the end of this movie james bond seemingly dies in an explosion they're new they're bombing this plant where all of these nanobots are being created but james bond does not die in the movies like he's he's never died before in a film um and that's not usually what happens so this is irregular um i'm interested to see with like how they sort of handle it. i mean obviously it wraps up his franchise really well but i i'm wondering like are they going to introduce like a new person who like is a james bond but not this james bond are they going to pretend that he like somehow survived are they just going to completely like Ignore this altogether and go on like he's. Like, I'm interested to see what they do for the next movie. Yeah.
0: With this ending. Yeah. I guess interested is the wrong word for me because I really don't care. But it seems like, you know, I don't think there's a logical wall where people would be like, wait, but he died in this movie if they just restarted the franchise again. Because isn't that sort of what they've done with every new actor? Like, it's sort of like. It's like how we have 17 iterations of Batman. Like, I'm not mad about it, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's easy for them to not bother changing anything about the character, whether that's pressure to cast a person of color or a woman and just do another James Bond and everyone be like, okay, I'm showing up (laughs) Friday night. Let's
1: let's talk about the casting for the new James Bond because this has been like much speculated for a very long time for a while they we weren't sure if daniel craig was going to do a fifth james bond movie or not so people have been talking about this casting for a while um obviously james bond has been a white british man uh up until now Uh, there's a lot of push to have him be a person of color to have James Bond be a woman to to somehow like spice this up (laughs) the lineup yes like I sort of feel like that the pressure is so much now that if they just cast another white guy like I sort of see them getting a lot of backlash that they don't necessarily want or need at the same time i think if they cast a woman or a you know an lgbt person or something that i think then they're gonna get a lot of backlash (laughs) from their core group of people i feel like the easiest solution is for them is just to cast somebody who is black or asian in the Mm. role of james bond and i sort of feel like that's what they're gonna do because it like gets the critics off their back without them really having to change that much. And then they can still keep, you know, the bond girls and the theme songs and all the other aspects of it. It's just like, you know, now it's Idris Elba or whoever else.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've obviously heard the Idris Elba, the Tom Hiddleston thing was earlier. Um, I think people were like Henry Golding, he's right there, but maybe that has fizzled in, in the years since crazy rich Asians. Um, I know Daniel Craig, in his promotions for this, he was asked, like, do you think they should do a woman James Bond? And he's like, no, frankly, I think women should get their own thing, <laughs> which I I appreciate the idea, right? It's like, do I need a Jane Bond to feel fulfilled as a feminist who loves movies? No. But the issue remains that, you know, this is a huge franchise. This has so much money built-in audience promotion power behind it that it's it's naive for daniel craig to sit there and be like oh well they can just create a spy and it'll just be like you know they can have the same sort of show up it's like no we've tried that we've had Mm -hmm. atomic blonde um i feel like there was another one recently (laughs) well i wasn't thinking that but that was one attempt um and so it's like old guys or whatever yeah (laughs) and And, like some of them are successful yes that's like great and i love a good standalone film i love original ideas but you can't deny the the influence and intrigue that comes with um adapting an established narrative and so i think What it would be compelling to see what they do with a woman, James Bond. Like, I think that's the that's the what people are holding on to isn't just like, hey, like, I want a woman there too. It's just like, huh, what could they do with this? How could they spice it up? How could the angle be? What stories would they take from? I don't even know what James Bond is based on. Is it like a TV show? Is it like no, a story? No, it's based on a,
1: nov- a series of novels. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah. I think that they've gone through all of the novels Oh, they're point. done? So- yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So then, yeah, I don't, it's not like something I've like tied my horse to. Like I don't necessarily care personally, but I do feel like to your point, it'd be lazy for them not to try something at this point because yeah, Idris Elba could do exactly what Daniel dead- Craig did and like, it it wouldn't it wouldn't cause any alarm like i think yeah you'd have your haters who are just racist and gross but everyone else would be like yeah this checks out he's a suave guy who would get any woman in the world and can probably kick ass too
1: i mean james bond is obviously a big international film yes um series and i do think like the demographic of people who are watching this is probably skewing like mostly male and probably like older too so i can see you know like as much as i think that it would be great like i think that the ideal version of this would be to cast a woman because it would add a lot of spice into the mix you could do a lot of different things with it it would really turn a lot of stuff on its head in a lot of fun ways Mm -hmm. um but I, I just sort of like can't see them really going for that at this point because I think that a lot of their core audience would be like, um, yeah, like, we don't want to see a woman. So I think that they have to go with the man in that.
0: Well, sort of and like pessimistic it's not way. only the audience, right? It's the producers, it's everyone right. involved yes. with the financing here. Like, oh, one hundred percent, they're all like white dudes too. I imagine mm. who are like, well, oh, wait, what would a woman even talk about? Like, it's like. Every single Bond movie I've ever seen, the only time a woman is kicking ass is when she's in a like a scandalous ball gown. Like I just, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's what you get. That's the idea of like a strong woman in this movie universe. And it's like it's fun. Like Anna Armas was really fun to watch and like it's great, but it's also like this is stupid. Like she'd put her hair up like I'm sorry. That's just <laughs> hands down. We'd start with her hair. We'd remove the shoes next. Like that's what would go down. hmm. The
1: I I sort of don't I don't remember Daniel Craig being like a big name person before James Bond. Mm, So I I wonder if they would cast someone who is like as well known as the people that, you know, we're suggesting. I feel like especially if you're looking for someone who is gonna be the face of a franchise for, you know, four or five movies. Yeah. Like, I don't know what Idris Elba is necessarily bringing to the table. And I feel like he's sort of a little old already. So I bet that they would go for someone who's younger and more up and coming. Um, But I don't know who exactly that is. I've seen the guy from Bridgerton being floated around some, Mm. and I feel like that is a more likely option, (laughs) but I'm also like, dear Lord, please no.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, and that's the thing about these castings. Like everyone has an opinion, but ultimately I, it, I could like see a universe where anyone works out, right? Like I could see a universe where I would show up for an Anna Kendrick, James Bond, and maybe it would work. Like I, who, what am I to say? Like, you know, like it's just, and especially at this point where we have had so many other like spy shows, you know, everything from born identity to even something like F nine and the silliness there, but also you have, you know, people showing up and kicking people around and then, in ball gowns and sexy cars and whatever so it's like there's enough variety out there that nothing would surprise me at this point so it is kind of like an opportunity to get ahead of the curve in whatever way they can and just be like okay we've done the tried and true we've done the gritty we've done the campy like what can we do next and um i think there's enough like new faces that are getting a lot of popularity now whether it is through the netflix shows or you know Twitter campaigns or whatever That it's like oh yeah like why not Like it just seems like At this point it's better to try Something than to just like Stick with the status Quo
1: (laughs) Well also there's With whatever the new version is Like you can recast Some of these other like Bond adjacent characters as Well to make things more interesting You know like Um with these roles of like the bond girls and the sidekicks and M and the bad guys. It's like, they've been doing fairly standard things with those for a while. So it would be interesting to see, you know, them try something new on that front. Um, as well to kind of like make it more spicy but who knows if they'll do that or not i guess we'll see i imagine that they would be releasing some kind of casting news about this sometime in the next year or so because oh they said that they
0: they said they like announced that they would not start looking for the next bond for a year i think just and, and who knows if that's true, but I think it was just, like, stop asking us about us. It. like, this is the movie.
1: There's, the there's no way. They've definitely already <laughs> been looking into this. Because the thing is, this movie has been done for two years now. That's true. So you can't tell me that the producers aren't, like, eyeing something. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's how I kind of felt walking away from the movie. I'm like, do we need, like, a continuation? Like, I'm just like, there are so many action movies out there. There's so many spy movies out there. There's so many, like... I don't know, secret agent movies out there that it's sort of like, well, what is this adding? Like, And clearly the numbers aren't what they expected even and maybe they will make up for lost time here and like blah, 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 COVID, all that stuff. But it just sort of feels like, you know, you watch Mission Impossible, you watch this and you're getting sort of the same pieces of the same the same framework, the same idea. So it's sort of like, oh, uh, Are enough people gunning for a James Bond movie that they like that there's this crush of like, oh, is it going to be as big of an announcement when it happens that everyone's pretending it is?
1: I mean, I think so. And I think probably for a lot of the same reasons why you were saying why it's important that they would cast a woman of just like it's a if you're looking at characters that everybody around the world knows who are fictional people, I mean, James Bond, it has to be one of the like top 10 name brand characters that we have. So, Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the biggest pieces of casting that you've got, because even with something like Marvel or Star Wars, where they cast a new person, it's like, great, but we don't necessarily know who these characters are. There's so many different movies, and it's not one person just carrying the whole thing. I mean, and even something like a Batman, which I think is maybe equivalent to a James Bond, there's been so many different iterations and so many, oh, it's a comic, it's a this, it's a whatever that it feels a little bit more watered down. Where James Bond, it's like there's only been five people or whoever who've played him in all of these years. Like it's It feels such like a concentrated force. Yeah. That it is more impactful whether or not the movies um, need
0: to be. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think this was uh- – fine enough in iteration it seems like most critics agree that this is neither the worst nor the best of Daniel Craig's bonds um I I like I said I think their choice in director made it more interesting than I think it would have been had they stuck with the crew from I guess specter um who left for creative differences whatever those were um who knows what Phoebe Waller-Bridge did to dress this up a little bit uh some of the (laughs) some of (laughs) this Some of it was pretty cheesy and campy, but then also the tone wasn't really campy, so it was kind of weird. Um, but ultimately, I thought this was just, like, fine. I-, I wasn't as angry about it as I thought I would be. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It was whatever. Um, now, later, never. I would say later. I f- I feel that no.
0: Yeah. I- it's like, I feel no attachment to this, so it's hard to say, mm-hmm. but I'd just be like, yeah, n- later, if you feel like it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I this isn't something you need to like rush out and see but at the same time you know like if you're sitting around a house and it's on like I wouldn't yeah hate it it hits
0: every expected beat and then it has a nice little farewell to Daniel so that's nice
1: I sort of feel like that this maybe this is not the case but in my mind it is where this is like the last of these sort of like perfectly fine, acceptable COVID hangover Mm -hmm. um, movies that we've had to deal with between F9 and Black Widow and Jungle Cruise. Like there's just been so many of these. And I'm excited that now I feel like they're done. Yes. Move (laughs) into like more interesting things that are happening with the fall, like sort of award season movies and then new stuff that is – uh, that's not like just been sitting in the back burner for 16 months yeah like even eternals feels somehow fresher than the rest of these things have
0: yeah for sure
1: um okay lightning round
0: oh shoot yes um you go first <laughs>
1: Okay. Um, if you could send nanobots out into the world to get rid of one group of people, not like race, <laughs> but like slow walkers <laughs> or something. Like what just to is... fix that issue, not murder yes, people. Okay, yes, okay. exactly. Maybe like put them in a coma or something. I oh, I know. have an
0: answer already. Okay. I hate people who don't understand how four-way stops work. It's the bane of my existence. I just, I want... I guess I don't know how it would work because I think everyone's bad at it, but I just want people to be better. And it, it stresses me out to no end. But if you don't understand how a four-way stop works or if you think you're better than the four-way stop, then, like, something has to change about you. That's that's my rant for the day.
1: <laughs> my gosh. I have as too many a, four-way as a stops. Non, as a non-driver, you know, that's <laughs> really um, – I'm, like –
0: then you don't remember the frustration of not being able to trust the others in your four-way stop to honor the rules of the four-way are stop they,
1: are they going too fast is that the thing like no like it's, they, like they, it's like they'll it's like a, they a third car will turn. yeah the
0: third car will like sneak in or someone will be like oh well they must be turning right so i'll just turn left it's just chaos every time i hit a four-way stop maybe it's houston specific but every time there's someone in there who's like Oh yeah, the rules don't apply to me. I I don't have to stop or or I'll go next or I can sneak in with this other group of people going, and it drives me nuts.
1: Um, mine is a similar like travel thing. Okay. I cannot stand people who uh, who have all of these issues with their carry on bags at <laughs> the when they're trying to get on airplane, where it's like they're they bring the carry-on bag they can't figure out like where it goes they go down the aisle further to put it someplace and then they're walking back it's just like uh, uh, like if it doesn't fit over your seat and you <laughs> did not find a spot like you have to like you just sort of have to wait your turn you know what i mean yeah, it's like yeah. they're in a hurry right. but also like they don't have room for it <laughs> and then this was exacerbated on my trip to europe And I'm like, are Europeans just dumb? Like, I just don't (laughs) understand. Two separate planes. They were loading from the front and the back. Oh, interesting. Yes, I remember that but just like sp- like not like oh if you're if you're in seats such and such through such and such load from the back the other it, no just like completely random so you have people who are sitting in the front of the plane getting on from the back of the plane you have people who are sitting in the back of the plane getting on from the front of the plane and obviously you can't pass people in the aisle so it's just like mass pandemonium and then on top of it you have these people with their carry-on bags who don't have room in the <laughs> overhead compartments who are like trying to run up and down the aisle and then uh, I hate <laughs> when the plane lands.
0: This is getting okay. to be a very specific nanobot you're asking for. Okay. okay? Yes. Uh-huh.
1: But whatever. The plane <laughs> lands. You're sitting towards the front of the plane, but your carry-on bag is – you had to put it somewhere yes, towards the back. Okay. And so wh- what I feel like is <sighs> dictated is that you just sit there and wait for the people yes. to – to unload before but no someone is always in a hurry and is trying to charge back through all of these other people to get their bag and it's like that's not how this works honey you have to wait for all of the people to get off the plane (laughs) to the point that your bag is
0: yeah okay well Um, hopefully we can get our hands on that and really help society along Um, I was gonna ask uh, Anna DeArmas is my favorite part of this movie she's from mm -hmm. Knives Out well she's most notably from Knives Out if you had to cast someone else from Knives Out out into a james bond movie oh well who would this would <laughs> like,
1: like like this is even a question for me Shelby. it's obviously gonna be tony collette like <laughs> well Cap i Kirby's thought maybe you'd have faith
0: in um uh Captain langford the halloween halloween girl What's oh jamie lee, jamie lee curtis oh
1: she i also would love her she'd be great as a james bond honestly yeah um uh yeah that, that both also, the, the masturbator kid, I feel like, could be fun as a James Bond in a couple of years.
0: Yeah. I think Chris Evans could never play James Bond. I wouldn't believe it. There's just something about him that doesn't Well, also, fit. you have
1: to be British. Which well,
0: okay, is, but he could do an accent.
1: Uh, I don't know. I think he's too American. <laughs> okay. Um. Every James Bond movie has, you know, the... um famous james bond song that is sung by a you know a a well-known musician who do you think should sing the next james bond song
0: um was this one billy eilish this was
1: billy eilish sam smith did the last one adele you're asking the wrong person
0: i i don't know i guess i would say to spice things up they should do a fifth harmony (laughs) Reunion show anymore. Reunion, um, commencement. Make it pop. Make it happen. I'd be there for it.
1: That's the lack of interest you have in this question (laughs) that you're just gonna throw out. Good harmony.
0: I mean, I think what I'm saying is like, why not let someone else try? Like, you've had all these crooners. It's like, okay, like, great. I, I just feel like. Let's spice it up. Let's zhuzh it up. Let's give it some new energy. Maybe they'd be able to pull something off. I don't know.
1: Um, I feel like an obvious choice that they haven't done would be like John Legend. I feel like he would be a good (sighs) person to do James Bond song. However, however, I think it should be Beyonce.
0: Oh, has she not yet done one? I don't think so. Okay. Well. um,
1: Give her a Bond song. Give her an Oscar. That's my
0: yeah that's, that's, that's a good idea i mean what is she doing these days just uh, working on a new album for t- some tiffany's brand or something
1: yes yes uh. there was the tiffany's <laughs> thing she was also at some um some movie release like jay-z's a producer on some film or another and she just randomly showed up to the film premiere and everyone was like oh uh, beyonce's here
0: um, sorry. Yeah, I I haven't been following Beyonce, but I hope that she does make an appearance in James Bond. Never stop, never Rarely, sometimes, <laughs> always. James Bond, no time to die. Hard the sequel. The. Um, <laughs>
1: Never, always dying, dead.
0: Yeah, never have I ever
1: to be dead or to stirred. be dying. Yeah, <laughs> stir.
0: Um. Okay. Well, I'm glad we got to talk about this. Uh, your favorite franchise in the history of the universe. Um. Mm-hmm. I can see now why you love it so much. Um. R.I.P. to Daniel Craig's um appearance as the one and only Bond, James Bond, and shout out to. Who will not only be doing the music But will also be starring It (laughs) will be her and Shawn
1: Mendes As James Bond It's giving share It's giving share (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um okay this is this has gotten too much we gotta yeah. go we'll be back next week we're talking about halloween kills yes How you're
0: welcome
1: shall be agreed shall i didn't even text her about this she texted me out of the blue anything Insane but matt damon
0: this. yeah, yeah
1: uh, i mean i guess until you're five minutes in and sending minutes text like i can't do this yeah anymore. yeah too much. um okay see you guys next week
0: Bye. bye